Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everybody, welcome to the Welcome to Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, but joined by Ash Millman. Hello. I'm Josh Brown. Hello. Now, I don't know about you guys, but E3 2019 feels like a lifetime ago. I know it's only been a week. I don't know if time flies Oof. in a your week. respective lives. I know. Um, but I kind of wanted to just talk about the fallout from it, because there's been a lot of conversations around the necessity of E3, the whole conferences versus streaming and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of just want to open the floor. What do you guys mm. think about the necessity of E3, of E3, rather? Ooh, I think it's a really lovely thing. I don't think it's, like, <laughs> necessary mm-hmm. in where we are at now with social media but I think it's a really lovely event and it's a nice way of getting uh, gamer culture together to have Mm. a big celebration of all the wonderful things that are going on in the industry Mm -hmm. so yeah would you be sad if E3 went away um you would I would yeah I think so but I think there's other things that are coming in that are like lowering the importance of it Mm. but it's still a big like a landmark for the gaming scene Mm -hmm, yeah Yeah, I think it's importance has waned and I I think it's it's um, sort of thing is like being this sort of opaque like marketing just like machine place, you know what I mean yeah yeah I think, I think it's become more obvious what its intention is to sort of get you hyped up for these games right. and just to be there to market games that aren't even finished and highlight things that might not even look like you expect them to further mm. down the line but mm. at the same time it's just fun isn't it it's just fun <laughs> to get like caught up in it like we don't have many of these events now not like we used to before and yeah like you say like social media has sort of taken its place and you get trailers every other day mm. but it's nice to sort of like celebrate the industry even as cynical as it might be because it just kind of wants you to get hyped in these games and put yeah. you on these games but at the same time sometimes it's alright to mm. be excited about things well, I was going to say what do you guys think about the whole because there's a, a conversation happened this year that kind of was coming like more into more into more into view across the last few years in terms of viewing um, leaks and rumours as spoilers like mm. viewing it as like this thing we're all looking forward to and then do we think of like you know you find out about something like Elden Ring or Bleeding Edge like beforehand and that kind of quote unquote ruins the conference like do we think of them as spoilers I personally don't mm. but like I get the, the side that's looking forward to the event so much that yeah. they view it as spoilers because um, I'll get into what Jason Trier was talking about about the idea mm. that you know you should think of them as spoilers it's that you know there are products that just they're just marketing you're just mm. you know you're reading a press release early kind of thing mm. i think that's part of the excitement but some of the actual joy that e3 brings from those surprises i think <laughs> like if, if we all knew keanu reeves was going to be there we'd have right. just gone like oh yeah cool keanu mm-hmm. reeves is there yeah but like became popping out be like it's breathtaking <laughs> was like next level that was one of like, the most unexpected things in like e3 yeah, history i think exactly so big keanu popping out like mm-hmm. if someone had spoiled that that would have lost all of the impact of it which is just like that feels like a celebration again of 
of gamers, of gaming. It's mm. like, oh, here's this really fun thing we've designed for you to see. Mm. Like, I, if I'd have known about it before, that would have felt like a like a spoiler. Right. Yeah. Okay. Truthfully, for, for me, it's like if, if it's a few days before, like when Elden Ring was um, revealed, that was like the day before the conference, but right. it was like properly revealed, like the mm. trailer came out. Mm. And when it when that happens, it's sort of like ah, I could have waited a day. That's kind of like yeah. took the wind right. out of its sails a little bit. If it's like weeks in advance or whatever, and you just want to get like a tidbit here and there, I think that's fine. That's mm. like the dop- That's like the job of journalists in a way. Mm-hmm. But when the entire grand reveal is sort of spoiled or whatever, mm. I, again, like it only hurts like the sort of big sort of like companies and like their marketing plans are, mm. are like sort of ruined. But at the same time, like the people who made the game, like this was their moment to sort of unveil it. Mm. And like that genuine enthusiasm is like the highlight of E3. I love for all of Bethesda's problems when they get the developers out. Mm. You can tell they're really excited about the yeah, games. Yeah. And I love that like they might leave the mics on on purpose to sort of like like celebrate each other, like going out <laughs> and doing a good job. But that's cool. That's the best part of E3. Just seeing like the actual sort of human beings behind like the project. Yeah. So I do think if something is spoiled like so close to the event, that's kind of deflating for them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's the journalist's job to find that information out. So that's quite conflicting. That was the I don't thing know. that like spilled out across Twitter. I don't know if you guys both saw the um, the tweet like from Jason Trier just yeah. saying like you know be aware that when you're getting excited for these things, like you know they are still marketable products. And obviously, um, which is really interesting to then see um, loads of different devs then tweet on a uh, reply mm-hmm. or whatever. Like Corey Barlog for God of War just said he completely disagreed and said mm-hmm. there's so much value in revealing the game itself. Um, Trier then went on to like. Split those things apart and I think it's hard to keep up with the thing because he was saying um, he obviously empathizes with the idea of creating um, you know like being behind a creative work and wanting to mm. unveil it in a very specific way mm. and he totally respects that but like yeah like you said as a journalist he has to well quote unquote has to report on certain things yeah. yeah. so it's like he kind of separates the two things but for me like I do see so much value in like a really good reveal like mm. I was like we talked about it on the last part but I, I like when it's like a cinematic trailer that builds up yes. to a big kind of thing like I would be sad if those things went away but like do you think that as part of a problem or not? I think the most important word there is like cinematic because it's mm. like it's like a film isn't it when you mm. get a trailer and it reveals the big drop that's going to happen in the movie that film becomes kind of like oh yeah. and I know this is only build up for games marketing and everything and it's kind of different but mm-hmm. having that big impactful moment is just I just think it's important I just think it's nice and it's a celebration it's nice things it's giving back to the fans and mm. saying look we've done all this for you this is our really exciting moment let's all get really hyped about this and it's just nice it's well I think nice. I get like his side that you don't want people to just be completely brainwashed and you know just like subsisting on hype and just buying into yeah. pre-orders and everything else but I, assumedly with a more aware consumer base you can have both mm. like we can be really excited about a potential thing leaking and not yeah. immediately blind faith like you know buy yeah. it straight away kind of thing like for me you can have both but I don't know if that's what you I hope so I don't know <laughs> I mean I don't know what the audience is like like when I was younger and I was watching like these these big sort of like events and stuff mm. I would just buy into the hype totally Actually, we did redownload Watch Dogs 2 immediately after seeing <laughs> exactly. oh god we're part of the problem yeah, they no. made Watch Dogs work but I don't know I mean I like I said, I, I like the the show. I mean, one of the things that um, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, he was on Giant Bomb, um, talking to Jeff Gerstmann, and he said that he views E3 as the one time that the whole industry comes together to make a whole bunch of noise for mm-hmm. gaming, and he views that as a massive positive. Um, and he was saying he was a bit disappointed, a bit gutted that um, Activision and Sony weren't there this year. Mm. Um, did you guys notice that they weren't there? Like, yeah. this, this year felt yeah. a bit lacking. Oh, God. Yeah. Sony yeah. missing is like a... I, I tried to talk about <laughs> one of the other pods, because I was like, it was the Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima mm. and all that sort of stuff that they have to offer, and they're big... Yeah, all the all the stuff that they have to offer, which is like the heavy hitters that goes along with all the exclusive that they have championed, mm. like them being missing was a real big 
hold to the heart. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's not only their first party stuff that's missing, but their partnerships, like Activision mm. wasn't present, like, on the actual, sh- like, uh, conferences, mm-hmm. like, all weekend. So it's not only the games that they're actively developing, but the partnerships they made with other publishers and developers who also don't get a look in. Like, Capcom was barely there this entire yeah. yeah. weekend either. And they have plenty, like, plenty of things to, t- to show off or, like, tease as well. Like, I mean, we yeah. know that Resident Evil 3 Remake, well, we don't know that it's coming, but we assume <laughs> that's yeah. very much coming. Yeah. And then Resident Evil 8, they've said the next numbered installment will be coming at some point. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you could do the logo reveal or whatever. Like, there's things that they could do to turn heads. I think with Sony not being there just sort of shows how, like, these big reveal ceremonies aren't sort of outdated, but E3 as a whole might be. Mm-hmm. Not everyone needs to jump on E3 because everyone then is just scrapping for headlines, mm-hmm. whereas Sony can just be like, look, Microsoft have the stage now. We mm-hmm. don't want to be war- war- warring with them because then mm-hmm. we can put our on our own show at PSX or whatever and just have the entire spotlight on us and what yeah. we're doing. And that kind of makes sense from a business standpoint because then you get the people... Yeah, they might, you might not get the crossover of people just tuning in to every conference and being mm-hmm. kind of swayed to buy mm-hmm. like the console or whatever. But at this point, Sony have like, what, 100 million PlayStation 4 sold, so they don't really need that anyway. The That's install true. base is there, so they can just come out De- de- target their audience, talk about like the Vita or talk about VR. Yeah, talk about, talk about the Vita thing. I'll talk about the Vita. Have a good time. So I thought. Have you guys seen the PS Vita? Uh, it? it doesn't exist, does it? It plays PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2. You mean people play the Vita? I do. What? I play it enough to represent a few hundred people. I play it every single day. Persona 4 is really good. Is it? It's really good. Should I get it? Yes, get one right now, Josh Brown. But also, um, that's the thing. I was going to talk about the uh, the audience for E3 because so many conferences for so long, they'll put things out that I think appeal to people who aren't actually, they assume that like this wide mainstream audience is watching, like EA are the worst for yeah. it. Yeah. They'll do a whole deep dive on like the new FIFA or whatever. And it's like people like, I think the vast majority of people watching E3 don't care about it. Yeah sports games or like, these random like financial statistics or whatever we just want the hype mm. what do you guys think about the, the audience of the people that watch E3 should it be more catered towards us essentially oh I think the stuff that lasts from E3 is the the big trailer moments mm. and everything the stuff that you read about afterwards is the highlights and that's the thing that's important to me I think that they should do everything that they want to talk about though isn't it I think it's like it's the their moment to talk about all these different things and that's what mm. makes the heavy hitters more impressive when they're surrounded by all the fluff and then you get to one you're like whoa that was really good um, so, and I think that the way that it functions where you have all of that on stage and then afterwards you can pick it apart for the people who aren't like in the audience mm. I think that's a good way of doing it personally mm-hmm. because then everything's out there but the people who are interested in only the, the top stuff yeah. can just get to it afterwards mm-hmm. I think kind of like a problem as well is sort of expecting every announcement to be something you are interested True. in if yeah. that makes sense because even back in the day when I used to watch it and not everything hit I'd be like oh maybe that was disappointing because I only liked X, Y and Z but mm. then when I look at X, Y and Z I'm like, I'm like whoa those are three big games for me to look mm. forward to yeah. I can't remember who said it I think it might have been someone from Sony but I think when, when they're planning a conference they like to have three games that any sort of game would be interested in right. I think mm. that's like the sort of thing so whether you like sports whether you like racing games, whether you like action RPGs, first-person shooters, mm-hmm. you can come away with three games and being being like, wow, I've mm-hmm. got these to look forward to. I think that's a good way to do it. That's mm-hmm. broad enough to get everyone in. But at the same time, if you're going to buy FIFA, you're going to buy FIFA already. You know, thing, I don't that, want that Pele coming on stage. Yeah, I think uh, it can kind of pivot into um, conferences versus streaming as well because mm-hmm. Nintendo have been doing Nintendo Directs for, I don't know, three, four years, whatever it is mm-hmm. now. Um, what do you guys think of that? Because I, I like the the kind of the bombast of the conference, but in, especially this year, um, going from kind of like lack to conferences to just watching Nintendo do 42 minutes of heaven yeah. <laughs> absolutely brilliant yeah. and so that kind of made me go maybe I do just want it intravenously shot into my eyes well <laughs> maybe yeah. I, I like the theatricality of it I like when Sony came out the past couple of years and they had bodies hanging from the ceiling and see that stuff I did orchestra. <laughs> orchestra you know what if you're going to go E3 do it big and yeah. do it like 
Raj, get Keanu Reeves out on stage, get a bunch get of Lego car, man. As long as you, yeah, exactly. Get was the Lego good, car. Yeah, as long as you have the games to back that theatricality up, and it's not just masking the fact that you have no substance. Yeah. Then yeah, bring it all. Like there's a way to do Nintendo Directs where you have these streamed, focused, tight game reveals. But also, I've seen Sony's state of plays, and if that's the future, <laughs> I'm very upset about it. I don't think they know how to do it, to be honest. No. Yeah, I just don't think they. I think they're holding back for certain things for certain yeah. embargoes or NDAs or whatever it is, um, or just because they don't have release dates in place. And then they're like, oh well we kind of have these like dregs that we can reheat mm. and put out and it's just not enough whereas Nintendo hang back on Tilly 3 and go here's this massive thing yeah. Yeah. but they do it for their like separate directors well, well I love that like a lot of the big publishers are doing that now they're sort of spacing out their announcements we don't have all of these different sort of conferences that we used to have like Sony have sat out big conferences in the past mm. they've waited to make their big two E3 and usually PSX which they sat out mm-hmm. you know they've mm. changed that up now but I think every six months having a conference like E3 or whether it's their own sort of show that they're putting on I think that's valuable because you yep. get enough time to build up that library mm. of games that people are gagging to see and then you get to just wow them rather than kind of being like oh we've got some games in development he's a screenshot or he's a trailer yeah, yeah. He's, he's a title the game is coming <laughs> at some point <laughs> some point in the future does it look like that was what E3 is going to head towards though where it's going <clears> to <throat> be kind of like the collective showcase of all the stuff that's happened throughout the year whereas everyone has their own little announcements mm. and excitement things seeded all the time throughout and then you can watch them and be like oh my god oh my god that's happening and then E3 is just going to be like okay well here's everything here's yeah. all like, our financial numbers here's that was FIFA. the weird thing because with Ubisoft's one that's what yeah. that was it was like yeah we've got D- um, Division DLC and the mm. Rainbow Six DLC and I know they had a slightly new Rainbow Six the zombie thing but like for me watching that unfold I was like mm. well all these fan bases are already plugged into your respective fan channels and mm. fan communities and forums and everything else so you don't need to waste our time at E3 yeah. like I would like that's going to kill E3 if they start going like here's some stuff you already know about or some stuff you're already plugged into see I'm kind of conflicted on this because mm. I think this is sort of the changing nature of the industry as a whole like I've talked to you about this before yeah, yeah. Scott like as we go towards like these live services which are designed to be around for years that will be what you get at E3 because that's mm. what people are focusing on and actively developing all which you know new stuff, it, Josh. I want the new stuff as well but I'm saying at the same time like these games are designed to be supported for years and years with brand mm. new content and huge overhauls like Siege has been at every E3 for about four years <laughs> now something ridiculous and I know you mean that a lot of those communities will be plugged in mm-hmm. but at the same time people like me who have a passing interest in them and who jumped in at launch when I saw stuff for like the Division 2 or something I was thinking maybe I'll jump back into this again because I'm not in those communities I don't know what's happening intricately with these games Mm. so when I do see them in a big flashy trailer it gets me re-interested it does make you realise that it is worthwhile I I think in Ubisoft's case that's like an extension of their general approach to the games that they have right now because they're one of the only like big tier publishers that are prioritising games as a service in terms of supporting it Mm. like they're not just saying it like with Anthem it's like oh yeah it's a games as a service and you can keep coming back and playing every day but there's nothing there he's the roadmap yeah he's like a new (laughs) map kind of but not really and then obviously um, with Ubisoft though it's like yeah constant new maps constant new characters and whatever else um, so maybe that's just an extension for them um, but what do you think about like I don't know the, the future being streaming like, if they stream their new games too what do you mean at E3 or second? well you wouldn't have a Keanu Reeves reveal basically you wouldn't have things like that you I wouldn't think... have the hanging bodies uh, no, no. You know, I think that's that's a real big part and parcel of it having the exciting oh my god this is happening mm-hmm. moments and I, I, I'd be really sad if that went away but I also think that it is going to go away because we are going to get it separated Mm. out throughout the year and have all the different streaming things. But I think they need to learn how to harness and do those correctly and not do them too often or frequently and just have them as their own maybe like a couple of monthly things that they're kind kind of keeping everyone in the loop but making them still have 
oomph behind them. Nintendo mm. are a great one as an example for doing it really well, really yeah. tight. Like mm. that would be great if people could implement that and then have E3 as their mini showcase. That's kind of how I would see it, I guess, because you have like Bosh. you can totally do like a whole bunch of E3s all across the year. I yeah. mean, like PlayStation and Xbox both have it's like PlayStation Experience and whatever Xboxes is called. It has a really weird name that no one ever remembers. No. Which I did call X twenty three the other day, and that's an X Men. That's character. an X Men. Yeah. So it's not that, no. but it's called something like X O nine or whatever it is. They have their own thing. Whereas Nintendo just keep being like, here's more live streams and here's that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, also, in terms of like where E three kind of sits during the year, it used to be the because um, we can talk about game development and how that ties into E three mm. and what we expect to see D three because you are about um, like a, well we all talked about it like a lack of gameplay this year. Yeah. Um, how much of that is um, is like totally fine based on the realities of game development? Like how much do we expect game developers to turn up with demos these days? Well, again, this is a this is a weird one and why E three this year felt weird for me because you had no real hands on demos and it felt strange. Like obviously it's fine to not have anything to show from games that are a long way away. And yes, as a culture, we've moved towards sort of ripping these these games apart, like going off at Spider-Man for changing some puddles from um, (laughs) this pre-release trailers to the actual release game. But at the same time, when you're debuting Gears 5, for instance, you're you're talking up Gears 5, and you've got three different trailers to show for it, and not one of them show gameplay, and the game is coming out in September. Mm. There's a weird disconnect there, what am I supposed to get excited about? I really didn't get why we didn't get gameplay this year. Like, I get Mm. that it's a stopgap year between, or the the one year before the next big systems drop and everything. Like, I get that. But wouldn't that mean that you're completely comfortable with the tech so far, and you have more gameplay to show? And obviously, you know, they had show floor demos. Like, Final Fantasy VII was one of the only games that got a live demo, and there's, like, bits and pieces of the Avengers stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, most of the games that were shown had hands-on stuff away from the stages. Like, Cyberpunk didn't get anything on stage mm. other than that CG trailer or whatever. But, like, did you notice it? Well, again, I've, I've, I've said this before. I quite like a good trailer, a mm. good CG trailer, and that is my hype for the game. Me saying, oh, okay, well, I like all these themes, I like the ideas, I like the vibe of this story, because I am so, like, hooked into what I want from a narrative from a game. Right. I've seen a trailer for it that's just a big cinematic trailer. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to get it. That's good. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I, the gameplay stuff, obviously, I still would like to see it and I would like to see more of it but for me E3 this year was fine because I was like whoa okay I get the vibe of everything I'm enjoying this I know things I'm going to invest in um, and I'm excited and that was what I got from it but I know it was a lot different for other people yeah I suppose at this point like the idea of having these gameplay demos when they're really just vertical slices of games that aren't complete yet compared to like a CG trailer isn't even all that different Mm -hmm. like we always hear about like these developers having to take chunks of time out their regular development process Mm -hmm. to make a vertical slice slice Mm -hmm. just to improve press players and then they're going to pick it apart anyway because it's not reflective <laughs> of a game that's even sort of yeah. it, it can be played mm-hmm. if that makes sense which is frustrating maybe they just sort of kind of un- understand that now like that's maybe. not a great way to sort of divert your resources and people are going to ridicule it anyway so <laughs> just just give them a CGI trailer that's that's about as reflective of the final product as well, the gameplay will like be like CDPR li- like literally said that that we're yeah. going to hold back and we're going to release it when it's good and ready for Cyberpunk but obviously they went through that whole downgrade controversy with The Witcher 3 which like yeah. for me like I, ah. I, the, the comments <laughs> on that was so fascinating because from the dev side they were saying like look we haven't downgraded it we've just mm. optimised it we had to take a reduction in the visuals to mm. bump up the frame rate and, and everything else um, but maybe the maybe their solution right now to, to solve those conversations is to just do CG trailers and everyone figures it out. Mm. But for me, I think you're losing something. But would it not? Is it not better to have E3 as the, sh- the trailer showcase and then have Ooh. gameplay seeded afterwards? So you have all the, like E3 is like the big reveal hype train, and then mm. afterwards you can go, okay, I'm going to look out for gameplay of this when it's better at a more. In that case, why not do a live stream? Oh. Just saying, but like then that's what. E3 is then it's like the the big hype vehicle mm. and then afterwards you can look for your gameplay and go okay well I'm going to follow this I'm going to get invested in it and then you can have all your comments and talks about it afterwards then 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Then, uh, yeah. That, yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me. My about, idea, um, <laughs> like the potential downsides as well of when they when they do do the big gameplay showcases because yeah. so many things go wrong so frequently. Yeah, like yeah. we've all seen so many cringe moments. I mean, there was that whole one the first time they showed Uncharted Four, mm-hmm. one of the first times, and um, where the controller just wasn't connected and yeah. Drake just stood there for like <laughs> five minutes and then they had to go to something else. I think they eventually got it working, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think of that? That there's like almost this risk to doing the gameplay stuff, whether it be from a build side or well, just the. I remember mm, when they first showed off Days Gone, and right. like that was like a full what 10-15 minutes demo of when you're fighting the horde at the sawmill mm-hmm. and that looked so janky like yeah. it was kind of impressive to see in UIP but at the same time the AI you could tell like that wasn't programmed right the, the animations <laughs> weren't there the guns didn't sound that good you couldn't even tell who was getting hit mm. and like it was a good proof of concept mm. but at the same time it was not reflective of a finished product and didn't get hype so I was going to say plus if these things are meant to make you invest in the product maybe you put down a pre-order or whatever mm. something like Mass Effect Andromeda killed that game yeah. because they literally had a character holding a gun backwards and then <laughs> <laughs> the lip sync wasn't there. Well, and it's like maybe there's just 
you know, it does more harm than good. Why are EA so bad at it every single time? EA and Bioware, actually. Every time they show off a game like that, whether it's Anthem or Mass Effect, it's like, whoa, he's a dude jumping from pillar to pillar for five minutes, not doing anything. Oh, great, thank you. Well, he's this- Anthem. He, he's then flying for ten minutes. Well, this is what you get What's for gameplay game? reviews, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. you could just have a really nice trailer of a man jumping around on pillars with some good music playing in the background, and I'd be like, wow, yeah, cool, good. I remember the first thing that we saw of Mass Effect Andromeda was mm. at the, it was like their 4K showcase or something, and they just showed, yes. like, it's the, the Oh, there's a green light in the background yeah. and it kind of reflects and if you look over here it's in 4K and I was like is this really what you have? Yeah. I guess like maybe in that case it'd be better for like a CG trailer um, but I think it's, it's weird because if you talk about like pre-orders and investing in stuff mm. like for me I'm always investing I'm investing in the gameplay like yeah they mm. can hint at like narrative elements and storytelling mm. and stuff but I I don't know if you guys do this but when I watch gameplay mm. I always like imagine how that's going to play anyway I'm right. like, mm. I can see how that how responsive that animation is I can mm. see what that's going to feel like but like I said like do you think they're losing something in terms of what E3 is even supposed to provide? At, at the same time I think there's a distrust with the audience if that mm. makes sense like I want gameplay when I go to E3 but I think it's it just you, you open yourself up to such scrutiny like mm. when um, Sony debuted the Last of Us 2 gameplay mm-hmm. and everyone was saying oh that, ca- that can't be real that must have mm. been like pre-rendered even other devs were saying that yeah I know <laughs> and then Naughty Dog were like no this is how it plays so mm. when, you, when even when you do something truthful and try to be as close to the actual end result mm. as you can mm-hmm. and then people still call you out on it it's kind of like what's the point yeah. it's you know? true yeah there's so much criticism in the gameplay side of it that I think it's just fair for them to just draw back and go right we're gonna wait until like <laughs> it's actually ready and then we'll show you a bit of it and I uh. think that's fair and I think that again is another way of building hype and saying okay but uh, from an investment point of view when it's pre-orders and stuff and Mm. you've got a game you're supposed to be putting money down and going okay this is what I'm getting then there is a problem I think I'm a lot more of a a casual player than from your side of it I feel like like my step away away from the industry is a lot more like yeah that's cool whereas you're like about what you want so maybe that's a difference in that as well maybe I think that's that's interesting though because like coming out of E3 2019 the general pieces that I've seen being written about it or talked about on Twitter Mm. and, and just general social media stuff has been that it's quite deflating that we mm. didn't have that much to talk about. I think when you run it all up and you can check our last podcast, there is yeah. way there is enough to talk about. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, well, predicting E3 2020, where do you see them going from here? Do we stick to this new format where you know we're wowing up front and you'll come for the mm. gameplay later, or do they come with their new demos, new consoles? And this year was just a weird. That's what I, that's what I would like. I would like the big wow factor, and that and like even if it means that things get like scaled down slightly mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like length of conferences and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I want. I just want a massive big like the kind of like. VGA sort of style thing because really? that's just such a good little event like last year's VGAs were great I, I prefer the VGAs yeah. like, I think it's cause, well, mainly because you get the award side of it but yeah. like, they had more stuff to show I think yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, I think it, it just makes more of an impact because like when you've got like two different things you're giving out the awards and it's like well he's this huge gamer also <laughs> yeah. debut, and you get like best of both worlds whereas mm-hmm. E3 you get the huge game reveals but then you've also got these presenters sort of like reading off an order queue and messing <laughs> yeah. up which you know I, 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 I respect that oh, yeah, because yeah. I do that all the time we totally empathize with that yeah, it sort of like kind of breaks the momentum a little bit. I mean, I love that part of E3, to be honest. Mm. I love that humanity that comes mm. with those mistakes or those mess-ups or those awkward silences. I live <laughs> for that stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting to see if uh, if you guys haven't followed uh, Kirby Cat on YouTube. Like, he tends to do the best compilations mm. of E3 cringe. And I haven't seen his 2019 one yet, if there is one online yet. Um, but I thought, like, in streamlining it, there wasn't as much cringe this year. Minus the mm-hmm. Anthem thing, which was terrible. There's one, <laughs> I keep bagging on Anthem, I don't mean to. But it's just that, like, there was one seg- um, segment where they had, like, a live audience bit mm. with all um, a whole bunch of fans sitting around one dude from Anthem's development team just asking questions and his responses were horrible and it was just really cold uh, and awkward. But uh, yeah, I wonder if streamlining it in that way gets around one of the things that dogged E3 for years. You remove mm. the cringe if you just, you know, it's a trailer show. Well, that was yeah. it. I think you got that with Ubisoft especially. Not mm. only was it less than like three hours like it normally is, but no, two hours. They normally go on for too, <laughs> too long. Uh, Wait, this where's is like, Aisha Tyler while we're on? I where's don't know. I missed her. She's the I best really thing about E3 and she's gone. But at the same time, 
by cutting out that and cutting out the gameplay trailers, you also didn't get the can sort of banter when you're playing Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. That yeah. is a reflective of how anyone plays yeah. games. You did get the Woo Man. There was a Woo I Man like in Woo every Man. single oh, crowd, good. even in Bethesda, but it was good. like, we're doing DLC, like, yeah! Woo! I like some DC! <laughs> DLCs! Um, I also wanted to just, the last thing I was going to mention is um, how early do you think that it's okay to announce a game? Because we had uh, Metro Prime 4 showed the logo. Death Stranding, it's been like three or four years ago. <laughs> Why is I'm, it I'm you to come think about Elder Scrolls 6 again. Like, right. every time they, they've announced it too soon. Like, <laughs> it needs to be, you need to be announcing it, I think, within two years of release. Right. Like, I think if it's no, if it, and I think you need to have that frame in mind. For me personally, it's very demanding. That's very, this is what I want. But um, I think two years, because mm. there's time for it to be actually followed and build momentum uh, without being released like. Mm-hmm. straight away good so Josh you know what when when Fallout 4 was announced and it was coming out six months after it was yeah. first unveiled I right. thought this is the future and to see everyone including Bethesda peel away from that is very disappointing I think mm-hmm. Square Enix are the, perhaps the worst for it by mm-hmm. announcing games way too early because so I mean, much changes yeah. during development that you can't guarantee that something stay the same all the way through it's why we get so angry at gameplay changes mm-hmm. in like the gameplay trailers and stuff mm-hmm. but at the same time I think Death Stranding have done it in a really interesting way like they announced the game before they even had an engine and they yeah. keep showing off trailers but you can't tell what's changed behind the scenes because they've been so mysterious and vague that the hype has sort of stayed but they Ooh. don't open themselves up to the criticism of yeah. this is different this isn't what you promised True, but that, that has been such long coming and the only reason that is so in like good is yeah. because of the people behind it if that was with yeah. every single game I would lose my rag like, <laughs> that's, oh, that's kind of the thing because like yeah I mean Hideo Kojima put out a big time line saying like we announced it here we did this we acquired mm. the engine whatever and it's like well obviously he like he's been working with the same staff he's been with for like almost 30 years now at least for some of them anyway especially Yoji Shinkawa mm. and it's like he knows his team inside out um, and then you have someone like Rockstar who like I think have quite a heavy turnover um, but even they will announce something and then drop it within the same year I think I think that's mm. what happened with GTA 5 it wasn't that long after announcement that it dropped kind of thing yeah. and it's like that idea of like actually staying away from E3 and hype all together until mm. you're completely ready to just play a card yeah. and that's the thing it's like this is the thing and it's real and you can capitalize on that like for me one of the biggest extreme examples of zero marketing was Pokemon Go Mm. because it was just like it's out and then it was the biggest game in the world like overnight and something like Dauntless just did that in Fortnite too and it's like yeah like how much value is in there in moving away from this altogether I think you should have a sort of roadmap in mind like you said Mm. Ash like two year period is quite good I think you need to know that you can hit whatever date you put on or Mm. you're going to hit a window that you put on it because even though like Rockstar did alright with GTA I think did alright from a marketing perspective I think with Red Dead they kind of dropped the ball a little bit they announced that and they delayed it then they delayed it again and the marketing wasn't there you didn't really know what I mean we didn't even know how the game really played for so long yeah there was those weird videos where it was like hands on gameplay with like that that, that voice of a narration thing where it's like here's your new abilities and then it seemed like that was going to be a weekly thing because there were two in a row and then nothing for like four months or Mm -hmm. whatever it was I don't know if that ties into what you were going to say no yeah it's just just like that like that obviously didn't hurt the game in the long run it still Mm -hmm. sold ridiculous amounts but Mm -hmm. it may potentially hurt the investment in it or your hype in like that game Mm -hmm. I think it was just a little bit deflating to watch like delays always make a game better but when it sort of doesn't instill confidence in a product that you mm. don't in, you don't get like behind the people making it because mm. you're yeah. like why why what's what's going wrong what's <laughs> yeah. happening here that's another one they can only get away with by it being rockstar though again yeah. but small, this is the whole thing if it's smaller games and smaller companies and that sort of thing i think the closer you are to release the better and the more mm. you can drop and the more you can reveal and the more you can seed with it don't 
ever give me Elder Scrolls 6 and then make me wait eight years again. Like, <laughs> it's eight just, years. Yes, you have been told, like, Todd. Don't yeah, do Mr. it. Mr. Howard, the we hell do you think you're doing? We know it's not coming because Starfield has to come. <laughs> I think, it's I think, so, like, so like, like, I think the reason they did that, though, is because like they needed, they knew they didn't have that much to show last year. So it was like, oh, by the way, here's an Elder Scrolls 6 logo. Mm. And we've kind of narrowed down the location, kind of, yeah, like kinda. one of two places. Um, but I think that's, that's yeah, that's kind of like the, the problem with announcing stuff too early. Nintendo announced the logo for Metroid Prime and then canned the development and restarted yeah. it. Um, but I think, like, in terms of hype, it's like there is this sort of, like, bell curve to it, which I think I mentioned in another um, podcast. Mm. But, like, you know, you announce something, the hype gets bigger, the social media traffic gets bigger, you look mm. at Google Trends, you can see that things are spiking. That's when it should drop. Like, that build to that peak, because if you miss that, it only falls off. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, I guess we're seeing an industry experiment with when to put things out, when yeah. to maximize that curve. I can't think of that many games that have really done it well, other than, because mm. most of them fall back on their reputations. Like, GTA did well because it's Rockstar and GTA. Yeah. Like, Bethesda will do well because it's Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Yeah. Like, yeah. To be uh, fair, the, the Fallout example, at Fallout 76's announcement, I know mm. it wasn't what everyone wanted, and then it also was complete crap. Bad. Bit of a lull. Yeah. Um, the way that they did it, like, they announced it quite soon. It came out the same year. They had all the things. They had the beta. They had, a, mm. they had all that sort of thing. The way that they timed everything, I think, was really good. I think that was a great example. Mm-hmm. And if everyone could do that and nail that as well, but also maybe do, like, a good game, <laughs> that, would, that would be uh, a good I'd way like to a good it. game from Bethesda. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Skyrim was a long time ago. I want people to start doing, like, Beyonce album drops where it's just, like, boof, there's well, the album, you know what I mean? Revenge like, Sevenfold. Josh. Beyonce. Is well, better. I like that too. I, that, that's kind of the Pokemon Go thing. Yeah. Like, yeah by like, the way, it's fully formed right here. Yeah. Apex Legends. And then, like, like the what they did, they managed to bypass a lot of, like, the negative press that would come with EA announcing a Battle Royale game. <laughs> yeah. They're like, actually, you know, it's good. Just try it. Just try it, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. If you can say, like, something, that's what was so blush about the Nintendo thing. Mm. Like, something like Cadence of Hyrule or whatever, it was just like, I mean, that wasn't the announcement, but they showed something and then said, by the way, you can play it in, like, two yeah. days. And so, like, I think just the speed of social media and the way that we interact with media and products and means that you can announce something and then cash in on it. That mm. that hype curve that I'm describing, yeah. for yeah. me, that crunches into like a week if you do it well. Oh God, like viral sensation mm. is like, that is one of the, for, for, I think for smaller uh, companies and production studios, viral sensation is the way to go mm-hmm. because you're just literally, you pop something off and be like, hey, here it is. <laughs> and then it's going to make the rounds, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. agreed. I've just said all the same thing that you guys have just said again. <laughs> but it's but let's reinforce thing, it. Let's reinforce it. So. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, so we can end on, um, what do you guys just, I guess going, going forward, what do you want to see from next year's E3 and like E3's role in the industry over Overall, mine is just a big showcase of everything. Give me mm. like, give me the live demos. Like, yeah. give me more demos. Um, let it be this big celebration of gaming. I, mm-hmm. I kind of view it in the same. I think the video game awards nailed the um, like, re- like they treat the industry with more respect. Like, you mm. had sort of creatives coming out and talking about their work. You had profiles of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, veteran developers, and obviously you have the awards themselves. Yeah. So I like the heart that's in the video game awards. And um, I think E3 is maybe lacking a bit of heart because it's mm. become so like you know showcasey and showy mm. and glitzy and, and glamour kind of thing. But that's the one place where you can drop an announcement. In the yeah. whole world goes oh my god it's George Martin and from software mm-hmm. yeah. so like for me it would be that it would be mm-hmm. all gameplay all co- like you know the biggest showcase possible yeah. that, that'd be for me the biggest glitzy glamour thing possible that feels like the E3s have passed yes it does you want the old E3 back <laughs> I do but uh, I would say my my future of E3 would be I want trailers mm. I just want loads of trailers and I want big thematic theatrical ridiculous sets and it to be like <laughs> it, to, it just to be here's a drop here's a drop here's a drop and then have like that 
as the actual conferences mm -hmm. and then the actual event, having everyone been able to play the games and do their things mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. outside of that. But yeah, have the actual like screenings and stuff that everyone's watching from home. Just be like, whoa, here's everything. Like, <laughs> that's what I would like. when like Sony tried to do like a blend where they were, I think it was a couple of years ago and they were just like, mostly it was them doing mm. the live stream. Um, but they still hired like space and they had people sitting there watching the stream and they mm. would cut back to the audience just as Sean Lane would come on screen and be like, by the way, here's another trailer. Yeah. Yeah. He would leave and it would do the same thing again. So it's like, there is a way to sort of hybridize the two. They yeah. didn't do it very well. Oh, I, I was going to say, but they could totally do the thing like uh, this year when Microsoft, they showed like Austin Creed and the other wrestlers mm. playing Gears 5, cut back and cut to their gameplay and then mm. cut back to another trailer. Mm. That's what you were going to say. Kind of, yes. Good. I thought Sony did it really well, actually. I thought they what? had like the theatricality of it, then also had just boom trailer, boom trailer, boom mm. game, boom game. I thought <laughs> there was like no fat in that conference. Right. I want conferences to be tighter. They did well this year, but with just like no fat, no, no, yeah. no, no like messing about. Like if you're going to show 60 <laughs> games, make sure all 60 games mm. are really good. Yeah. I'd like release dates. I'd like a mix of gameplay, and if the game is too far away, mm. just a CG trailer, because they're, they're, it's all good. Or just it's all good old. content, Bront. Or don't mention it at all, maybe? <gasps> would, you yes. take, would you take a logo? Because I did still, that's the thing, I still popped at the Metroid Prime logo, mm. even though there's nothing there. Just mm. two words and a number. Yeah. It still made me go, oh god, it's coming! Yeah. But, uh, give, me, give me a... No. Uh, no? no? This, this, the rage afterwards is too much, oh. honestly, when you know you have You're to like wait You're actively so annoyed long. by Elder Scrolls I really, really coming. am. I thought it was happy last year, and I'm not. Like, I'm really <laughs> not. Like, I've got to wait so long. Like, we all know it's bubbling under the surface. Is. That yeah. is the hype that they've got because we all know it's always there. They're always working on these IPs, and then they've dropped it literally just to get everyone going. Woo! Elder Scrolls Six. Do you want a new one first? Do you want Starfield before? I want the, exactly, but I want. You actually want? I want it to like come in, in given time, like in not time. not just be not just use the logos as little. Let's stir everyone up, make them go crazy yeah. for it, and then six years later, oh, it's again. <laughs> I think last year was the year of the logo, and then this year was the year of the stream. Yeah. Let good. me clarify: go logos, on. but only if you have a release date at the end. Yeah. Plan on finishing it up yes. if you like Elder Scrolls twenty thirty five. Yes. But yeah. then, well, if. Well, no. I'd respect yes, that. Respect I would that respect more. that more. I would respect that more. That would that would just, like stop me from seething. I think it, that implies that they have a more they have a plan that they're yeah. Yeah. out as opposed to just going like, well, this is coming at some point, yeah. and yeah. we'll figure it out as we go. Um, but yes, yeah, so let us know what you think down in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube, or you can find us on social media if you're on any of the audio platforms. For now, though, I've been your host, Scott Tilford from the Wackle Gaming Podcast, joined by Ash Millman. Oh, goodbye, <laughs> and Josh Brown. Goodbye, everyone. I will catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.